podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to the Nina Kalza show. Not an ideal way to start the year. Um, <laughs> oh my God, what do I even say? Uh, Liverpool lose. Um, horrendous, horrific. I don't even know what to make of it. Not how you want to start off the new year, but here's um, um, hoping that that's the that's the first and last time flush out your system really early and this show is brought to you in partnership with liberty shields the perfect vpn companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs where you get a massive 25 percent off using the coupon code ai vpn liberty shields offers free vpn apps for ios android amazon fire stick mac and windows now i've got that out of the way i've got my two awesome guests um they're usually really, really positive and they always make me laugh. So I'm really, really interested and intrigued to see how they're holding up and what they contribute to the show. Um, it is an honour to introduce both Sam Evans and Dave Horrocks. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Nina. Um, I started a new clean eating uh, regime today. And to quote the guy off airplane... It looks like I picked a bad day to stop drinking. Um, yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> Where are we going to start, guys? I have literally no idea. And Dave, I mean, your your buddy over there, he's a, he's a little bit depressed. I mean, oh gosh, you know. Um, uh, how are you? And, you know, um, uh, welcome to the show, more importantly. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. And looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. It's it's well, pretty bad, isn't it? It's pretty bad. Um, but, you know, I'm on here post-match. We're two favourite post-match people. So I'm sure we can find some kind of positivity in that. And, you know, appreciate everyone, you know, the people that have dialed in the last couple of years. Oh, have I gone? No, you kind of just disappeared ever so slightly, but it's fine. Nope. I'm, I'm, I I'm thought not... you just decided I, I'm, I'm going. I I'm not going to talk anymore. I've had enough. I disappeared <laughs> out the window. Sorry he, about that. He did. My thing has been hovering over the red button to hang up for, for, for the last <laughs> minute or two. Here, are we all going to have the ropey, ropey internet that kind of pretty much pays perfect homage and tribute to this to this <laughs> game? And this post-match show, really? Is that how it's going down, everyone? Quite possibly. It'd be in keeping, wouldn't it, with the last few games? Yeah, now he's on mute. Sam, you're on mute. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> oh, okay. You kind of... Okay. Did right. I get cut off? Did I get cut off as well? Yeah. You, you, started, you, you, start, you started sounding like a bit of a Welsh robot. I oh, my God. Now. What's going on? Dave's went down. Mine went down. Your turn, uh, Nina. Let's see how I hold up. Listen, 
I um, this is the way this pod does not fail. She says, she says, guys, let's kind of talk about this. Okay, I think the first place we need to start is um, I think we've got to discuss the lineup, right? And Dave, I'll come to you. Um, you know, two midfielders as, as centre backs, and of course, you know, a very very different looking midfield. The attack picked itself. I mean, what were your thoughts, reactions to to that whole setup with them? Um, obviously, he had, he had two centre backs on the bench. Well, I think against Newcastle, you know, Phillips came in for a bit of criticism, didn't he? Because he wasn't, you know, he, he, we were sort of, when we had possession, we were sort of playing with an extra man. And so I did suspect that he might try Henderson at the back to try and solve that particular problem. But as soon as the lineup came out, I'm like, it was a bit of a yin and yang because I was quite happy to see Thiago start. A uh, bit surprised to see Ox start, to be honest. He's not really looked like he's been pushing for the, the, the first team start for me. But then uh, there seemed to be a meltdown. <laughs> I was sort of dipping in and out of Discord and Twitter. And there was a whole meltdown about the centre-back situation. It's the whole... 4th of January and we haven't signed two centre-backs yet and so I'm like you know what I'm just gonna take a step back from that so I I was trying to be positive about it um but it it is a bit of a shocker isn't it we've been talking about centre-backs now for it seems like so long um and yeah it it, you hope that things are gonna not be as bad as they they first appear and uh yeah it, it it wasn't good, was it? It's never good if you start with no senior centre backs at all. No, absolutely. And and Sam, what what did you what did you make of the team lineup? And then of course we'll talk about you know what happened so early on as well. We'll get to that in a minute. But Sam, I will come to you. I mean, what did you make up? What did you make of the lineup? Well, first of all, I'd like to apologise because something I said. Uh, what was the last game we won? Was it the was it the seven nil? Yeah, it probably yeah. was. Yeah, when you when we all Bloody got a bit cocky and arrogant. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, um, you know, proving us all wrong. And you know, he he he's worked. He found a way to to work around the lack of centre backs and everything. And um, you know, fair play to him. He's a genius. And you know, f- fair dues to Gags. He he's been calling it for a while. He was fully expecting us to implode over the Christmas period. And it's come a couple of weeks later than that when we finally, you know, hit the wall. And I think, you know, I was thinking it would happen initially and I just thought Klopp had proved me wrong. But it's finally come to pass that, uh, you know, we have succumbed to just the, the squad being stretched all over the place, playing people in the wrong position, just that one too many players in the wrong position. And it's, you know, finally ended in a bit of a disaster. So... Um, yeah, to answer your question, when I first saw the team lineup, I was okay with it because I saw that Thiago was in the team, and I thought with Thiago in the team, if we play correctly, he could dominate the ball, and then hopefully Southampton won't really trouble our backline anyway. Which, which to be fair, was the case for the majority of the game. It's just they scored that early goal, but the the, the problem was the first half, the the midfield really, really didn't work whatsoever. So. Um, when I first saw the team lineup, I'll be honest. I the only worry I had was Oxley Chamberlain. Um, I I was a bit worried that we were putting in Thiago and Ox from the start for the first time since long injury layoffs. And you know, at the end of the day, that did kind of lead to us having such a really slow start to the game today. 
It really, really did, and you know, um, a bit maybe a bit too experimental from Jurgen Klopp. Do you think, um, Dave? And you know, like you know, we we saw the team lineup, and we pretty much got, you know, a humbling lesson within minutes. You know, um, Henderson playing on, um, Ings on side and, you know, Trent switching off and, and then, you know, it was just an absolute nightmare from the get go. But then you'd think Liverpool had enough to kind of deal with that situation. And, you know, it's better to concede early than late. But like Sam just alluded to there, it was such a turgid, turgid performance. Couldn't, couldn't string three simple passes together. Um, everything just looked really disjointed and, you know, you know, things that you have to kind of attribute to that. You can't, you know, it was kind of a makeshift defense. Maybe the fullbacks were a little bit hesitant as well as being fully overly committed to going forward because of, you know, maybe Trent having Henderson with him as centre back. And then you've got this brand new kind of midfield that you've never seen together. The only thing that was kind of consistent was that the attack in, in a sense, and there was absolutely no service to them. Yeah, there's. Uh, this could be a three-hour pod, couldn't it? If if we go it through everything, everything oh that was God. wrong, <laughs> you know. So I, I don't know. You know, I started off as I normally do, making a few notes about the game, and I stopped after that goal <laughs> because I could tell straight away what sort of night it was going to be. Trent's and there's the stat floating around. They mentioned it in commentary that he gave away the ball 38 times in this match. But leading up to that goal, he got the ball, booted it straight out. Then he got cut off, and basically Thiago had to, you know, he was in a no-win situation, had to commit the foul that that eventually went to the free kick, and then completely misjudged the flight of the ball and let Ings in. It was a shocking... This was the worst opening two minutes I've seen any Liverpool player have. And I don't know if that got in his head. I don't think Trent has been playing very well for a little while now. So out of form. Just take him out the firing line for a bit. You know, I I think from there... And I, I, like I say, I don't think you can cope with having a player so badly out of form playing at the fullback there. And then... You know, Thiago's not really match fit yet. He still looks a class above to me. Ox, when he's when he's on form, he, he looks a, a world beater. But it does take him a little bit of time, and he's been out for a long time as well. So you're playing a man down, essentially, in midfield and giving away the ball constantly from the right-hand side, where, where we're normally so dangerous. So... I, I do, you know, for the last few games, I, I think, you know, I'd give Klopp... Uh, maybe four, five out of ten, I think, because I think he's got options, and he, he's just asking for, you know, he's asking for trouble with with some of the decisions that he's making there. Hmm. Sam, I'm going to come to you, and um, you know, you, you spoke about that first half and how turgid it was, and you know, let's kind of highlight some of the players. One of your concerns was um Oxley Chamberlain. Um, I thought he. Uh, you know, we know he's coming back to fitness. And um, uh, for me, uh, you know, there was a few players that looked really... Well, they, you know what? It was so strange because you normally have, like, maybe one player or two players that kind of stand out for you, you know, like... And in this in this instance, it was a majority that just looked really, really poor. 
really, really bad. And um, Ox was certainly one of them. And, you know, you could definitely see that that midfield, the balance was just totally off. It was completely skewed. And it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't having any control of the game. It wasn't really linking up with the attackers. It was just not ideal. And um, I think Ox is definitely a player that we absolutely do rate. Um, he's definitely going to find his form and fitness. Um, you know, let's not forget he was an absolute monster against Atletico Madrid. You know, always remember those kind of games and how incredible he was that season when we made the first Champions League final and how instrumental he was in that. But for me today, he he looked like he wasn't fit, and maybe Jurgen Klopp should have gone with other options. Yeah, I know these things are always easy in hindsight, but. We know he's a he's a guy. Ever since he's had that horrific injury, um, fair play. He's obviously would have lost a bit of pace from that. Yes. And, he, and whenever he comes back from injury, he does take a few matches to get back settled in. And this was a horrific game for him to come back into. To be fair to him, it's a really tough game. Um, you know, credit to Southampton. They pressed excellently, I thought, and put a lot of pressure on. Uh, first of all, all our fullbacks really got penned in first half. They they couldn't... Every time they got received the ball, Trent was giving it away almost every time. And even Robbo was struggling first half as well. So, you know, credit to Southampton. They really squeezed us well in the first half. And you could see players like Ox, who's a bit rusty, same with Thiago, really struggling to get into the game. And that's the last thing that Ox needed. You know, we, we needed to introduce him from the start in a game where it's a bit of a flat track for him maybe a home game against one of the lower sides and you know give him a chance to actually run at teams and, and build his confidence up. So it it really didn't work today. It was a disastrous um starting lineup. You know, Henderson really struggled, I thought, first half in defence mm. as well, mm. doing you know, he wasn't caught out defensively at all, but we didn't really have much defending to do, to be fair. Once they once they nicked that first goal with the horrific Trent error and you know that's what it was. It was you just missed the ball. Um, Why is everyone's internet so bad today? You can't hear me now? I can hear you now. I'm not like saying, did you... Thing. I think it might be a Discord thing. Is... So you know what, people? I'm going to just apologise to you now if there are some sound issues, but it is what it is. Yeah, because yeah, Dave went off last time as well. So it's a bit too much of a coincidence, isn't it? Internet went into lockdown, thanks to I... Boris, Nina. Yeah, let's blame Boris. Easy. <laughs> oh God! But can we blame him for this as well? I might as well. I yeah, might as well. But I want to try and do something to surprise you—a bit of positivity. Bring it, please. <laughs> right, Dave sent me a challenge at the start of the pod, and he's saying basically, I'm gonna have a tough job, kind of putting a positive spin on this. Um. Positive spin, yeah, maybe difficult, but a bit of bit of context in the grand scheme of things, right? Um, it's 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 a clear problem at the moment. Our forwards are misfiring a bit, and it's coincided with Jota picking up an injury at at the worst possible time, and we're already missing our centre backs, and we're having to adapt and move our midfield around. I know Jota's out as well, and then the front three are missing simple chances. And to be fair, right, despite what you think of our performances in the last three games, if you just go down to the last two games alone, uh, the Newcastle game, it's Liverpool's highest XG 
in the Premier League without scoring in two years, nearly three years. Um, and then tonight's XG of 1.47 and then beaten that record again for not scoring. And, you know, Southampton ended up with like a 0.3 from the game G front. And I know it's, you know, you don't win it on XG, but my point is, Nine times out of ten, we end up leaving with the three points. The problem is at the moment we're going through a bit of a blip, unfortunately, and we're we're not quite as creative as we were previously when we do get to these really good positions and we're finishing really poorly. So my bit of positivity is even though it's been a bit of a shit show and we're not getting the shots on target, we are still getting in the positions to miss them, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, for example, now another stat for you. Um, since beating Palace seven nil, we've had thirty four shots, and just six of them have been on target. So it's it's to do with misfiring a lot more than just the total situation. I know we haven't been as sharp and everything, but we've got into really promising positions, and we've just completely screwed it up. So, um. The big positive for me now is the next Premier League game we've got is Man United at home. So if we can't get ourselves up for that, I don't know when we can. Yeah, and they'll probably get 20 penalties against us. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But you know what really kind of winds me up, Dave and Sam? And I would like to hear your input on this as well. You know, we played West Brom. Ooh, masterclass from Sam Allardyce. Remember, we all had a bitch fest on that. I remember we were all on it together. And then he rolls over to Leeds United and then gets his pants pulled down by Arsenal. Newcastle, you know, put in a gutsy performance kind of thing, held up for a draw and... And then, um, of course, um, got beat by Leicester. And you know what? I am not going to be surprised if Southampton do the same. I think they play Leicester next. That's their next game. And that's the infu- that's the infuriating thing for me is the fact that they give it their role for us, or you know, they put on like a solid performance. And I think Keem just was in there as well, and he kind of echoed what Sam said that you know should give credit to Southampton. You know, because obviously mm-hmm. you, you have to. You know, they, they frustrated us. There was actually, actually no room in, in our box. They defended really well. You know, there was no space for our attackers to manoeuvre and create space and chances, which is why it took 75 minutes to have our first shot on target. We were dreadful. But they, they're going to roll over and that pisses me off. And I that's the one thing that really annoys me, is the I, fact that I, they, they bring it for us and then they become very fatigued later. I don't think that'll happen to Southampton. Because they didn't do what West Brom did. After, you know, having played Sam Allardyce teams for years, I'm convinced that he spends the majority of his training time leading up to a Liverpool game. He spends the majority of that time focusing on us. Because it's happened so many times over the years. Because, you know, right. So I did some coaching at a very, very low level, and you've got so few training sessions. You mm. kind of have to pick and choose. You, you, you know, what are you going to focus on? Everyone seems to think that you know you can tune the team for that specific match, particularly when you listen to the commentators. It's like, oh, they've just set up in this way specifically for that match. I, I don't think you can do that. I think you need to, especially with so many games that we've got you have to sort of tune the team with a particular match in mind. And I think that's what Allardyce does. I think what impressed me about Southampton, they they didn't just play in that really deep defensive way and, and look to hit us on the counter. 
when we had possession, they were closing off all the passing lanes. They were pressing the fuck out of us. So we, you know, mm. we seem to just have no space to be able to play the ball out. Yes. And so we ended up a lot of the time just hoofing it up. And, you know, player for player, we must have one of the shortest front threes out of everyone, mustn't we? So, mm. you know, I know Mane is as strong as an ox. No no pun intended on Oxlade-Chamberlain. But, you know, but Christ, you're not, you're not going to win that many headers, you know. He's actually good here, really. He surprises me. He's springy, isn't he? Yeah, he's better. He's better than um. I, I, really, I'll be honest with you. I find he surprises me off set pieces. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, he's he's got a brilliant leap and he's got good timing as well. But uh, but typically, you know, when we hit the channels and they are long passes, that's different. I felt you know Southampton were pressing the back line so much. A lot of the time, we were just booting it out. And and I think to be honest, that, that was a lot of that's contributed a lot as well to why Trent was specifically losing a, the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think Southampton played really well. They they're not any mugs, and you know I know Newcastle and West Brom. If they don't go down, they'll be very close to going down. Whereas mm-hmm. Southampton, I think will we'll certainly be top half. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. They definitely do play a better brand of football, and it certainly is far more attractive. I I definitely get where you're coming from, but it just feels like every team just gives it their all. The goalkeeper has an absolute worldie. I feel like I'm living the same day on loop, and then football pretty much echoes that as well. It's just so so frustrating. I mean, let's let's kind of talk about. I mean. Sam spoke about some things there and, you know, he, he was looking forward to the Man United game. And something that kind of, um, you know, you're looking at that game and it's on the 17th, right? So under normal circumstances, you're absolutely buzzing that the lads get a rest. But for me, they just have been looking absolutely the worst when they have a rest. And I, I don't even, I don't even look forward to these rests now. And, like today, like, you know, they, they had a bit more of a break than everybody else. You know, we were the Monday night football. And for me, one of the concerning things was the lack of intensity and pace. I They look so fatigued. And that is to be expected because of this time of the year. It happens season in, season out. We've seen it many a times with Liverpool. But I just can't get over the fact that despite having the rest that they've been having, we just look so tired. Yeah, well... Mostly, physically. Prime example was we had eight days break, didn't we, before the mm. West Brom game? And mm-hmm. we thought we thought we've got a real advantage coming into this, right? Just when everyone's going to be fatigued from a, a busy Christmas period, we had an eight-day break. Then a game against West Brom, which you know we were a home banker for, followed by Newcastle, who've been terrible this season. And then, okay, fair enough. A Southampton team were a very good side. So, you know, this was always going to be the toughest of the three games going into it, but absolutely hammered the following game. I don't know why. It's just, well, like the footballing equivalent of Good Luck Chuck. I don't know if you've seen that film where basically women sleep with him and then the next guy they get with, they get married to. So we are basically the Good Luck Chuck of football right now. And we're, we're basically getting the next team that gets to play them the team that's played us gets an absolute gets to absolutely tonk them because they're in bits after the game. So it's something we need to absolutely expect, right? We are the champions at the end of the day. And this always happens when you're the champions, 
you're there to be hit at. And we need to be better than what we've been recently. You know, we need to expect these bits of bad luck. We need to expect these absolutely horrific officiating decisions. You know, we haven't even touched on the penalty decisions today yet. But despite all of these things we've been that's been going against us, the refereeing has been the absolute worst, of course. But despite all of that, we still should be doing better. We still should be getting out of these games with more points than we have been. And it's our own fault. And we've we've been incredible mentally, right, over the last couple of years. Different level. Um, and there's always going to be a drop-off, right? But, you know, at this moment in time, the mentality monsters kind of mask is, is slightly slipping after these last three games. And you can see opposition teams at the moment are seeing a little bit of an opportunity to attack us. You know, at the start, we, we managed to work around the whole Van Dyke injury thing and we, we managed to get the points on the board and there was still a bit of a fear factor there. Our recent drop in form, you can see the opposition can have, have spotted a little chance against us and now they're having a go and they're having a bit of success and you can see our team is losing a bit of confidence. So um, sometimes it takes a defeat in order for you to get up off your ass. Aston Villa was a prime example. We got absolutely tonked mm. that day and we've gone on a 12-game unbeaten run in the league since then. So this is another big wake-up call. Um, funnily enough, guys, we got Aston Villa next game away in the FA Cup, first of all. So the last uh, defeat that we had as well happens to be our play, next game. Play the kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with well, you. Let's get 5 0 again like we did uh, in the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't care, to be honest, mate. It's so important we retain this league. Um, but it's not going to be ideal, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, going into the Man United game if we have another defeat. So I'm expecting a full side there, maybe more minutes under Thiago's belt. And then they can go into the Man United game with, you know, their chins up and um, hopefully just bloody smash <laughs> smash them off the park. So, um, Sam's little chick flick for Liverpool was good luck, Chuck. Mine's just my luck with Lindsay Lohan. She's really, really lucky and really successful and life always pans out great for her. And then she meets um, she cross paths with this, like, clumsy little lo- no-hoper at, at a masked ball and um, it, she kisses him and their look kind of trades over and she becomes clumsy and you know unfortunate and he gets all the luck so that's what I'm gonna that's my chick flick for Liverpool I mean Dave have you got anything to add to that <laughs> seeing as you are a bit of a film buff I was thinking a bit of dirty dancing you know because well it's all a bit shit and no one puts Shakira in the corner oh <laughs> I've Where actually never seen that film, you know. I've never what? seen Dirty Dancing. Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> I've never seen it. <clears throat> I only saw Titanic about three years ago. Oof, blimey. No, it's a, a, a homework, Nina. It's a lot better than watching this shit. Get yourself on, uh, you know, I, I can't remember if it's on Netflix now or, or whatever, but Dirty Dancing, absolute classic. He's Patrick Swayze, and he was an absolute legend. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose I'd best add. Right, okay. You, um, you guys. I mean, you know, there, there were some really, really bad performances, and there's a lot to be frustrated at. And you know, we have to give credit to Southampton. But I'm kind of watching this season, and I'm sure you can both agree with me and listeners as well that it is a bit of an upside down kind of season. You know, it's like you have the what the hell kind of moments a lot. 
And I think, you know, things that are really helping and things that really benefit some teams and and just how things have panned out in the season are, you know, um, the referee's involvement of the game. And we constantly talk about VAR and we talk about the officials. And, you know, a, a few days ago, I saw Paul Pogba trip over his own feet and get a penalty. Okay. You, you, you know, and, um, you know, you're sat there, you're scratching your head, you're thinking, what the hell? I, I don't actually have the stats on hand to tell you how many penalties United have been awarded, but I can confirm that it is a lot. And <laughs> which is why they're like, you know, um, the joint tough. And I say that, you know, in air quotes, but today, I mean, we should have, I'm not saying it's an excuse because we were bad. We didn't have our first shot till the 75th minute, but. There were two penalty shouts for us, and neither one was um, was looked by VAR. But the officials who were looking back at the footage didn't think anything of them. And you know, um, you know, Mariner, the referee, who was absolutely disgraceful in my opinion throughout the whole match. For me, it's just getting ridiculous now. It's not an excuse. I'm not making excuses. But what I'm saying is, a great team needs luck and a little bit of help. And today we had none because those two, you know, any other team or any other circumstances, you get them two penalties, you probably score from them as well. And we are not having this conversation. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's, as you said, we should have done better. We should have come away with the points. But at the end of the day, for some reason, whenever we're playing, they seem to show the replay once or twice at the absolute most and then move on with the game without making the decision. Whereas in the other games, they seem to show the replay 498 times until they decide to give the penalty to Man United, even if they're not playing. So (laughs) I'm absolutely... Oh, my God! Absolutely (laughs) baffled by this. Um, Like, Simon Brundish put a tweet out there. He's always very good with his statistics and facts. Um, okay, saying us, I, say, I get doing, doing, <laughs> as opposed to us. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Simon tweeted earlier saying it's the 12th subjective VAR decision against us this season. The next highest in the league is five. So it's it seems to be that a lot of decisions that are often going the other way for a lot of teams aren't going for us. And you know, that, that handball, for example... This season, I think the handball law has been an absolute joke, right? They're giving handball penalties for absolutely nothing I a lot agree of the time. When players can't get out of the way, you know, ridiculous decisions that, that's really unfair. And I hated the law, but that's that's the law that they've made in football for handball. So be consistent with it. The hand has to move towards the ball. That's what how I always understood it. But given the fact that you want to be batshit crazy this season, I'm going to match you with that energy. Yeah, penalties and the handballs. There's been way too many penalties this season. Um, and it, it's been an absolute mess. Same with handball. But if today's handball isn't a penalty, then what the hell have we been watching for the rest of the season? And that, you know, and that doesn't even go to mention the bloody Manny one, which was just, he's just been hacked the shit out of all game today, hasn't he, by Walker mm-hmm. Peters. And they're getting away with it. So... This is this is what I said earlier. We need to be stronger. We need to realise that it's going to be an uphill battle this season. Retaining the Premier League is a notoriously notoriously tough challenge, and we need to show that we're stronger. You know, we've come up against the worst possible conditions this season with injuries, refereeing decisions, COVID, 
you know, all sorts of things um, going against us. We just need to show that we are the strongest team mentally in this league. I've got faith in us that we are going to get it right, but I think it's going to be a bloody bumpy road. It really is. And, and Dave, you know what I find alarming? And then I'll let you speak. Um, what I find alarming is the commentary team. You know, the fact that um, they were just like, oh, yeah, you know, um, you know, especially the second one. The second one, there was no attempt to play the ball. Mane got hacked. Yeah, there was no ball. He took his, you know, um, Mane was taken out clean and they just went, oh, and they just quickly glossed over it and moved on. Yeah, and uh, it, it's hard not to come across like you just you just whinging, you know, and you just bemoaning the fact that you don't get any decisions, you know, and you're just a typical. Feels a little bit corrupt, though. I'm not going to lie. It, it does. It absolutely does, and it, it's not just the penalties. I, I texted a mate and I said, you know, if if this is United, that is a definite penalty with the handball and with the Mane mm-hmm. um, going down, but. It, it was all through the match, and I'm because it it's not just the on-field referees; it's also in the commentary as well. There seems to be this blanket bias against us, and and like I say, even saying the words out loud, it makes me feel like I'm just whinging and being a sore loser. But there does seem, and I'm not sure if it's like this Mo Salah effect. You know, everyone's I, I he got chalked today. He got chalked today. Yeah. I, I, right in the first few minutes, I, I thought, again, the commentators didn't even mention it, the fact that he got taken out. Mane gets absolutely manhandled and thrown to the ground and doesn't get anything and then gets so annoyed, you know, he ends up he ends up getting a book in himself. All I can say is it appears to be a bias, you know, it could be an unconscious bias because they, you know, they think we're a bunch of divers or what, whatever the reason is. But definitely, all through this season, we've seen penalties given for that type of handball. Again, I personally don't think it's football when you're giving penalties away for that. But they've been given all season, uh, but not Be now. consistent, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, what they'll probably say is, oh, yeah, we've ironed out the inconsistencies. So it's better now. No, fuck off. It's supposed to be consistent across the whole season. So, yeah, I, I thought... The penalties were particularly frustrating. What what was frustrating as well? So Fraser Forster comes out, yeah, know, the keeper. And His then, own player got him out, took him out, yeah, takes, out yeah. Yeah. and then. But also, Bobby misses a fucking over. I know, line. I know. And then I'm thinking, well, actually, if you just put that away, VAR have got a decision to make then. Yeah, and, and he didn't. He fucking mm. how he missed it is beyond yeah. me. That's worse than Ronnie Rosenthal that. So, you know, again, we've got ourselves to blame. But the officiating, you know, it's, it's definitely not going for us at the minute. I've got, I've got a Klopp quote here. Um, after the game, he, he's just said, uh, James Pierce has put the tweet out saying, what Andre Mariner did with Sadio Mane tonight, I'm not sure that's OK. Because <laughs> uh, he was just absolutely getting kicked the shit out there, wasn't he? But mm-hmm, he, got, yeah. he, he then went on to say, Man United had more penalties in two years than me in five and a half years, but no excuses for tonight. And that is that is statistically correct as well. I saw someone tweet that the other day saying about Solskjaer having um, as many, well, more than uh, Klopp in, in his tenure or something. So, yeah, he's, he's not a happy bunny. But again, Klopp, he always says the right things. 
He's given credit to Southampton. He said they deserved it. And, you know, we weren't good enough at the end of the day is basically what he said. And, yeah, i got to agree with him. Yeah, I have to agree with him. I mean, you kind of... Sam and Dave, you kind of spoke about everything, and you sp- and Dave, you kind of spoke about the the unconscious bias, maybe, and Justin Wells, who who's you know a, a regular on this show, and he actually said maybe Klopp being quite vocal about things, and he has said it on my show, maybe Klopp being vocal about the referees and and the fixtures, and you know going for the hierarchy, um, maybe that has not helped Liverpool as well. I mean, it could be. You know, Alex Ferguson was a complete twat to just about everyone, but he seemed to get away with it. I didn't like it when he called out Chris Wilder in particular. It's like, look, they're going to get fucking relegated. Who cares? It's beneath you. It does seem like to me like Klopp's been distracted, you know, and, and this even goes back before the results started turning a bit south. Um, it, it does seem that, you know, he's going on about player welfare, but then he doesn't use all of his subs and and he's just picking his wrong battles at the minute. He's he's not having his best season. Still, you know, he's been the best manager for us, you know, for, for probably in my lifetime, to be quite honest. I don't think any other manager has taken a team from, you know, being so far off the title to actually winning it. He just seemed to take his eye off the ball. He seemed to just get wound up and frustrated, um, you know, and distracted. I'm not sure if Klopp's done the same. And, you know, you'd like to think that on the pitch, the referee's not going to be influenced by things that Klopp said about the hierarchy. You know, it's not... Oh, but they will because they're human. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if I like this person, then maybe I think they, you know... I mean, fucking hell. We skipped over it there. How does anyone watch that fucking Pogba trip on himself? and conclude that that is a penalty. I <laughs> just don't get it. So, you know, you're giving that, you know, because you maybe like this person, so you're giving him the benefits of the doubt. Oh, yeah, it looks like a foul to me. And, and you know, maybe you've got a... Maybe you think that Liverpool have got this culture of diving, so you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's gone down too easy there. Or uh, whatever it is, it's definitely not going for us. Talk about... The, uh, what was that? Did it did it cut off again? No, no, no. You said something, but I didn't hear you. Yeah, so it must have cut off then. <laughs> yeah. uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. I was just saying that we won the league but so comfortably last season. That's the last thing the Premier League want again this season. They do not want a runaway winner. Absolutely not. And, you know, it's I'm not a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but... For them, this is absolutely ideal that the, the, the Premier League title race is so close. That's exactly what they want. And we are getting the worst rub of the green with some of the decisions I've ever seen. But And then teams like Man United are getting the exact reverse when it looks like the most obvious decision in the world not to award the penalty for the Pogba one. They then give the penalty even after watching multiple replays, which is just... Absolutely baffling to me, but you know it's something I've said. We're gonna have to put up with it, guys. It's everyone wants to knock us down. We won it so easily last season. We're not gonna get the rub of the green that we did last season necessarily because there's an unconscious bias in the back of their heads there. So you know we we gotta keep going. I'm just really hoping that maybe in maybe three months' time 
we can start to get more and more fans back in the grounds. I'm hoping they start to control this bloody virus a bit better. And then that's where we get our advantage back. Sam, that is the most positive thing you've said tonight. <laughs> and also, <laughs> you think the most deluded, yeah, deluded. Do you know who's running this country? Flipping, my cat could do a better job. <sighs> is your cat up for up for prime minister at all, Nina? Could be, she could be. <laughs> pay, pay, pay her in treats, and you know she's golden. But you know Sam, there not into conspiracy theories. Uh, you know. He was the one that started the rumour that, you know, 5, 5G was the reason why we've all got COVID. <laughs> Put that out there. He's not into conspiracy theories. No, seriously, let's get let's get back to this game and let's kind of talk about some things. And I want to focus on a little bit of a positive. And the player that we all kind of talked about there who got absolutely the shit kicked out of him, but it didn't stop him. And you know what? When When they went a goal ahead, which was pretty early, Sadio Mane, for me, looked really up for it. He was possibly one of the only positives, even throughout that whole shit. He, he looked up for it. He wanted the ball. You know, he was, he was trying to make things happen. And I just kept getting a feeling. I mean, because I thought we we're going to get a response pretty early on. Silly me. I should know, but I'll, I'll, I'll never think that again. But I thought this guy will score today. He just looks so up for it. I mean, what did you make of him? I mean, it was it was a bad day in the office overall, but in terms of the attackers, he looked levels above the other two for me. I thought he did, up until when he got to within about 10 yards of goal. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute because that pissed me off and I know what you're going to get at, but I'm going to let you talk about it. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just seemed to, uh, so outside the box, Again, he looks so sharp. He's, he's so strong, isn't he, for a little guy? And he, he, he's got such quick feet and just nutmegs people for fun. And he did, to be honest, he's the only player I think tonight I can give any kind of, out of the starting 11, I, I can give any real credit. And you are thinking, he's, he's going to create something here. He's either going to score himself or he's going to set one up. It didn't quite come off for him, but yeah, he seemed to have a few, the ball seemed to drop to him. And then rather than shoot, he'd try and find someone at the far post or something and then boot it about 30 yards away. It's, it, was, it was a strange one for Mane. But I do think, as negative as everything's been, I think he's been pretty much our best player for the last three games, as, as bad as they've been. I'd have to agree with you on that. And Sam, what did you, what did you make of um, you know, um, Sadio Mane's performance? And, you know, um, I think... You know, what Dave was getting to there was, I think today we were kind of guilty. Certainly in the second half when we looked better, we were kind of guilty of trying to walk the ball into the net. No one wanted to take a shot. Yeah, we were like kind of peak Arsenal. I, I totally agree with Dave. Mane was driving me insane because I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He gave Walker Peters nightmares all game, even though he got away with murder, fouling the shit out of him. Um, I thought Mane was just never give up, always trying something, always taking players on. But as you said, I don't know whether it was because all of the shots seemed to fall to his left foot and he had that kind of terrible mishit shot that one of our few shots on target of the game, um, which was, wasn't hit very well with the left shot and uh, left foot. And I don't know whether he lost a bit of confidence with hitting the ball on his left. And then he always seemed to try and tee something up instead. And I just thought half of the time, mate, you're just better off taking a shot because 
One thing that wound me up about this game more than anything is that Forster looked all over the place at times today. He looked really, you know, yep. looked really rusty, terrible with the ball at his feet. And, and we, we didn't even try. We didn't bloody challenge him. You know, we should have been peppering the goal with shots today from all distances, and we just didn't do it. And, you know, if we'd have done that, we'd have got some joy out of the game today. I'm convinced of it. And I just think we were so poor in the final third. We had plenty of opportunities, and we were, got into their box so many times today. And the, the last move or the last effort was poor. You know, look at Man United the other day. They just got a jammy deflected goal against. Wolves was it, yeah, to win the game. Yeah, um, right, you know, yeah. They, they just got the shots on target, and I know that that was complete luck. But you've got to make your own luck. I've been making our own one. luck over the last two years. We've had lots of luck, you know, late, some, you know, bloody hell. So, you know, you, you can complain all you like, but when you have one shot on target all game, you, you get what you deserve, and that's bugger all. So, you know, we, we've we've got to come come away from this now. We we do come. Come away well from kicks in the bollocks. Um, we going back to that bloody. Remember the Spurs away game when Long Run just was all at sea. Made Cop do an early sub we though. My we God, my jaw hit the floor. Yeah. I don't know what was more shocked. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, someone's played badly when that happens with Klopp. Mm. But um, yeah, so you know, we've done it a number of times before. Where when we do have a bit of a spanking or a bit of a nightmare result. We do tend to come back stronger. I think we've been getting these draws and it's almost like they feel like they've they've got away with it. I think sometimes you need to have an actual defeat to realise that, you know, things need to change a bit and they need to, you know, at, at the time before this game, we'd only lost one game all season in the league and they probably thought, ah, you know, we're still OK. It's not been OK for the last little while now. The performances haven't quite been right. So hopefully this is the wake up, wake up call that we need. You're right, actually. Maybe a loss is, is going to actually sit in their heads a little bit more and make them a little bit angry, you know? Um, let's let's hope that, you know, that does actually pay off and that is, you know, the, the, the positives that we can take from this. I mean, guys, you know, we, we watched that game and I, 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 don't, I think what I kind of want to get at is the fact that, you know, we... It's January, right? And we had two midfielders play as centre-backs. And Dave touched on this earlier that, you know, we kind of do need centre-backs. And Sam, you kind of said, Gags said, this is going to bite us in the backside. And Gags alluded to that on one of the previous shows. And, you know, it looks like it's all pretty much coming true. And, you know, I, I tweeted as much and there's a lot of people and I had a lot of response to it saying, it wasn't the defence that cost us. Okay, we conceded a goal. Okay. But anyway, but you know we've we've drawn two um two games previously and stuff. But my argument for all this is it's and Gags hit the nail on the head as well. It's a domino effect. Fabinho needs to be in midfield away from home. Oh, at home, but away from home. You need your midfielders in midfield. You know, I think that's absolutely crucial. You need something settled. You need people who are actually specialists in their in their position and I don't care what anyone says but you know not having a Fabinho in in your midfield is actually really really detrimental because it's it it ruins the harmony of everything because for me today the midfield didn't know what it was doing for most parts 
you know, at least when Fabinho's there and, and Henderson or Ginny or whoever it is, they all know that the deep, the deepest midfielder is Fabinho. That is a given because he's a specialist in that role. Nobody encroaches on his position. Does that make sense? And I feel like everything is a domino effect. That's why the midfield wasn't, wasn't quite linking up as well. Also, we know Trent's been quite poor in his performances. Uh, certainly after his injury, we need to remember that he's come back from an injury. But I also feel like maybe playing alongside a Jordan Henderson as centre-back didn't really fill him with much confidence either. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think it, it sets, it, it disrupts the whole rhythm of the team, mm. you know. And, and ultimately, you know, putting Henderson and Fabinho, they, they're they're good players, aren't they? Obviously, understating a little bit there, but they're used to playing in a particular position when they play training. You know, all the things that they did at, at a young level, you, you know, youth level, and then coming up through the ranks and everything getting to the point where they're signed for for Liverpool they they've been signed because they're in that particular position and you know it used to happen a lot more where you know midfielders would move back maybe they'd lose a bit of pace they'd move back from central midfield john walker is is an old one who springs to mind they move back into central defence but then they kind of you know they they relearn that position and usually playing next to another specialist centre back I think not only are we depriving ourselves of Fabinho, and I know he's not everyone's favourite, but you know Henderson, I think, has been outstanding the last kind of eighteen months. I think your centre backs just—they used to playing where they, you know, at the back there, and you know how crap must Williams and Phillips be feeling now? You know, it's like, well, if I can't get into the side now, you know, when there's literally no centre backs in front of me. I just think, you know, we've been talking about this being a potential problem. We thought, you know, the the mentality monsters, the mentality has absolutely got us further than we should have been. You know, we shouldn't have been really sitting on top of the league, given the injuries that we had. But that whole culture of the club, the, the winning mentality, that's got us further than we should have been. But it's like we've been running on empty for a while. And I think, you know, if you look at when we signed Van Dyke, pretty much as soon as the transfer window opened, that's it. We'd signed someone. Uh, we'd signed him. I'm fearful that we're just going to try to make do with what we've got. And, and I think that, for me, will be the wrong decision. Even if you bring in, you know, a low knee, someone who's who's a stopgap, in my humble opinion, that will be the right decision right now because we're we're struggling and and like i say it's that domino effect you you're not only um making do at the back you're depriving the midfield of something as well the biggest problem for me in regards to the center backs you know with van dyke and gomez fully fit for us the biggest strength that we had was because they had so much recovery pace is that we could play a really really high line and then teams couldn't knock it in over the top because they just knew that Van Dyke and Gomez were quick enough to get back and, and cover it. And what that meant was we could really, really pen the opposition in to their own half. And with Fabinho as well, you know, putting in those recovery tackles if teams tried to counter-attack, we would really pen teams in and they just couldn't get out. And it just became 
you know, we'd slowly wear teams down and the win just became inevitable. And that was why we'd end up winning games late on and always grinding teams down because we had complete control of the games. Since losing those guys, Van Dyke and Gomez, obviously now we've had to put Fabinho back, which is a big loss for us in that midfield. I think today was a prime example of that, missing someone like him in there uh, where we kind of really have big control over the match. So, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest parts that we are missing. It's not the defensive side of things with Van Dijk and Gomez. Obviously, that is a big factor maybe with aerial balls in, but, you know, we haven't had that problem today. I think the biggest problem we've had is we've lost a bit of control over games with the passing, you know, distribution and everything from Van Dijk and also the fact that we could play that really high line and still have full control. Yeah, no, that's a really good point that you kind of mentioned about the the pace and the recovery of the likes of Virgil van Dijk and, you know, and, and Gomez and, like, how much we're absolutely missing that. Not only are we missing the centre-backs, but also their, their skill set and their quality. Guys, you know what? It's getting late, and I don't know, have you got any, any last talking points from this game that you feel like need highlighting? Anything? Um, uh, feel free to just get it off your chest. I'll come to Dave first. That's a tough one. So, yeah, we're 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 not playing well at the moment. Um, I, I just hope we can make that sign in, whoever it is, uh, that allows us to play our midfielders in midfield and play our defenders in in at the back. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I don't, I can't see what. Again, I'm I'm gonna not think that there's a conspiracy and not think that the referees are biased and that we just start getting the rub of the green because the the adage is that these things balance out at the end of the season, which I actually think in normal situations I think is utter bollocks. It never does. But on this moment, it feels right that I'm just going to cling to that and believe it. So let's, as Sam said, if we can't get ourselves up and, and playing well, fired up, for a game against United, when they're on top form, they've got you know this this extra game in midweek now. Um, you know Manchester derby, they're both going to play uh, strong teams. I would have thought so. You know, let's make sure we're we're tuning the team for that. And um, yeah, once once we've spanked those bastards, we'll come back and we'll be all all the more positive for it. Sam, what about you? I want to focus on the positive of Thiago's second half performance. Um, mm. I just think having him back... Oh, God, that ball to Firmino. Uh, I just think having him back could mask a lot of our problems. Uh, we've got a lot of problems, right, with this centre-back issue. It it is an issue, especially with Matt Dip being made out of quavers. So it it means that we are probably going to be having to play either a youngster like Reese Williams or Nat Phillips regularly, or having to play in two midfielders at centre back, which is just unacceptable for a team trying to win the league. So one thing that can happen potentially is if we get Thiago fit and he can stay fit. It's a big if, I know then we could just completely dominate games and it won't be an issue who we've got a centre-back because the other teams won't be getting anywhere near that area anyway. So 
I just wanted to focus on that. Some of the balls he was playing today, you know, he was rusty at times, especially in the first half. I thought, you know, you could tell he hadn't played in a while. But he's yet to make his debut for us at Anfield, I believe. Um, mm. Man United at home, Thiago playing middle of the park. That's his time to shine. That's his time to fully introduce himself as a great play- player for Liverpool. Let's hope it happens. Yeah, let's hope it happens. Mm-hmm. What, what has happened to Minamino? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm frustrated at that. I'm really That's a great frustrated. Point. Great because point. he had a really, really good game against Crystal Palace. He got a goal. He, I, I can't think one of, um, I can't think who said it. Um, I think it might have been you, Dave. But you, I think you said he's a, he seems like a rhythm player. He needs to play yeah. into rhythm, and it looked like he was getting that. You know, slowly but surely came on a little bit against Fulham. Right, he looked quite decent for the little bit that we saw of him. And then he plays against Palace, and then I don't know what he's done. Has he taken a poo on Jurgen Klopp's car? I don't know what he's done. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, 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 it's something on that order, isn't it? And I mean, I think Shakiri <laughs> has possibly done the same thing because you know he, yeah. he comes on as well, and and you're not telling me that he's less match fit than the Ox. He actually looked pretty decent, you know, without creating too much. But he, he looked busy. I, I don't know why, you know, he's not getting a shot either. So, again, I, th- I think there's some questionable decisions. I think what it's for me, I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, actually, is I think Jurgen Klopp has got certain players that he really trusts. And by trust, he knows exactly what he's going to get from them. And I think he's got his like three go-to guys in midfield, and they were usually Fabinho, Henderson, and um, and then Ginny Wijnaldum. He knew exactly what he would get out of them in terms of what they offer in midfield. They might not be your personal preference. And then after that, his next favourite was maybe like a James Milner, who's like your utility guy that you kind of just, you know, bring him on as and when you need and, you know, like, and he can play a lot of versatile roles. But I think for Jurgen Klopp, it's a trust thing. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. And I think that's probably a case with a lot of managers. Obviously, I've never coached, so I couldn't tell you that it's this or it's that, or I don't have, you know, uh, you know, I, d- I don't speak to Jurgen Klopp. I don't know what goes through his mind when he's picking players or picking things. But I think it's very much a trust thing with him. And I don't think he has that with the likes of Minamino because we have seen some great things from Minamino. And, we, and I do agree he should be playing because he looked really well. And I think that is the perfect opportunity to let that player shine in his confidence. But I think he's looking at Minamino or looking at certain things about Minamino. It could be his strength and thinking you're not suitable just yet. Uh, one one thing as well, gutted that Kate wasn't available yet again today. Just mm. you know, it was it was the Palace game, wasn't it, where mm, he played that yeah. game. Yeah, and we scored seven, and you know, even when he was giving the ball away quite a bit, he he, he tries things and he's he's so creative for us. And then yeah. the next, we've missed him for the following three games, I believe, haven't we? And we've mm-hmm. drawn we've drawn two and lost one. Um. I know it's easy, you know, it, it's easy to put it down to that. We do it all the time. When someone's absent, they turn into messy, don't they? You know, it, 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 <laughs> it's something we do do on a regular basis. But it, it seems to be clear that when Keita plays, we're a more dangerous team going forward. And to see him pick up injury after injury is so, so frustrating. And yeah. it's so disappointing for him. 
because you know it's the there's a hell of a player there, and to, the thought of having him and Thiago in the same team is you know incredibly exciting. But you just you just can't uh, you just can't Can see imagine? a string come in. Thiago, Fabinho, and Cater yeah. in that mm. midfield. Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, a player that Jurgen Klopp really, really trusts is Thiago because as soon as he bought him, he played him against Chelsea. He didn't even do that with yeah. Fabinho. You know, he's like Ace bringing you on. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a there's a quote from James Pierce here saying Jurgen Klopp said he hoped to have Naby Keita back for the FA Cup tie. Um, oh, fuck's sake! Don't, so don't that's, play him. That's Friday. <laughs> well, well, thing is, mate, we got to play him at some point. We need him. Like he's got to. You've got to just play him. Like give him twenty minutes. Do. I reckon. Give him twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, give him. Maybe, yeah, 20 minutes, half an hour, just to see. But mm. to be fair, I don't know if that's worse for Keita, though. Because he's coming on cold off the bench. That might be, like, the perfect storm for him to get another muscle injury, you know? Yeah. It might be better off starting him and pulling him off at 60. Um, maybe, maybe that's a better option for someone like him mm. picking up a lot of muscular injuries. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's very frustrating because he's another guy that's got all the attributes we need. And, and could be the answer for us. It's just the weird thing with Keita is he didn't have a bad injury record before he came to us. So it, it's been just a nightmare after a nightmare with him. So I'm just praying that he can put something mm. together. But it's the definition of insanity, isn't it? Doing the same thing and hoping we're going to get a different result with Keita. But I'm still clinging on in there with him. Oh, God, you should. And I, I think we all are, you know. And I think, you know, the fact that you kind of highlighted the fact that the last time we were really, really impressive, he was on that pitch, you know. So Even for United, though. <laughs> if we're only going to see him one in every five games, play him against United. That's what I say. That would be class, wouldn't it? If he <laughs> just unveiled him. Yeah, it would be, but he again, he's one of those players that has to play into fitness. Does that make sense? He's not one of those that instantly comes out like yeah. we've seen enough yeah, injuries yeah. of of Naby Keita and Mop. So I do think he will have to have a little bit of a cameo against Aston Villa. As much as I'd, I hate it, but it's going to have to be done just to kind of get him. I mean, he could just completely surprise us and freak us and just be absolutely incredible against Man United if he does just come on. But who knows? You know, it will just time. Time will tell. Right, guys. We've come to the end of that show. I'm frigging done with it. You know what? I'd like to roll on 2022. I've had enough already. Guys, thank you so much for joining us live. I really appreciate it. A massive thank you to both Dave and Sam. But before I let them go, I'm going to let them do some plugs. And also where you can find them on social media. So, well, Sam, guys, I will I'd come like to you to first. The Mandalorian, because I've uh, finally nice. actually watched the bloody show. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and on the last podcast, I banned you from talking about it. But you can talk away now, except for maybe the listeners don't want any spoilers. But, uh, yeah, fantastic show that was, guys. So, yeah, absolutely smashed it in four days, I think, 16 episodes. So, uh, wow. yeah, absolutely yeah, they're only half hour each, so it's like two hours a day. That's fine. It's easy. So, uh, yeah, but n- nothing to plug uh, in the world of Liverpool. I think we all need a bit of a break again now, don't we, mentally? I think it's, it's a tough time for us all at the moment. And, you know, further 
uh, lockdown restrictions being announced and everything at the moment. So just everyone stay safe, try and keep your heads. And, you know, if you need to chat about anything at all, if you're having a bit of a downtime, um, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Always happy to listen. He's wonderful. He's such an upbeat, happy person. Sam, um, during this lockdown, obviously, you know, and I, I know you're positive and upbeat and you need the time out from Liverpool. What things will you be doing in, in lockdown to sort of keep yourself busy and stuff? Any recommendations, any suggestions for our um, listeners? My biggest recommendations for mental health, because I'm working at home myself as mm-hmm. well. So I do, yeah. I do feel like kind of really boxed in and claustrophobic at times. Uh, exercise is absolutely key for me. Um, the gyms are all closed again now as well, which is a big, mm-hmm. big bummer. Um, get on YouTube if you can't if you haven't got any equipment there's loads of things on YouTube if you can do workouts that way or I highly recommend going for a run um, get, or go for a walk Just get you can to- use like bags of sugar and books as resistance oh, training weights honest to honestly, god anything in your house works trust me just, people but honestly it's the best thing I've done um, is just making sure I keep up with workouts and things because at the moment it has been a bummer and I put way too much weight on Liverpool's results for my happiness at the moment yeah. because everything else is shit. <laughs> yeah, because you're isolated from everything else, aren't you? You can't see yeah, anyone. So exactly. there's a big, big heavy focus. And I think that's why yeah. there's an overreaction to everything because they are literally under the microscope for us. <laughs> that's it. And, you know, and, and we're still pissed off that we finally win the league and it's happened in COVID year when we can't enjoy it. So, you know, we're all feeling a bit pissed off and a bit hard done by and sorry for ourselves. Um, so, yeah, just try and think of your mental health that way. Try not to let the football ruin your day too much. I, I've been trying to do that for years and to no avail. But, yeah, get get exercising, get out walking, anything you can do at all, and it makes a massive difference for me. Um, and also vitamin D this time of year. Get some of that mm, down you. Absolutely. And... Um, just to echo everything, and I would also say eat clean, eat good food. I, I think diet is a big thing, and diet for me is literally if I eat bad food or a lot of junk food, I you can see it in my mood, you can see it in my behavior and everything. So eating good food and you know just looking after yourself has, has been a big thing for me. And my, my days are spent me in the kitchen just cooking things from scratch because I'm trying to give up all things processed I'm gonna make I've got this thing now where I have to make everything from scratch um which is quite a challenge um um, you know so that's quite fun uh what about you Dave where can people find you on Twitter plug um uh, some plugs for your work and um what suggestions and recommendations would you have for our listeners so first thing so on Twitter you can get me at Raging Base UK and where you can find me uh, audio-wise, you can get me on Comics in Motion. We do a whole bunch of shows on there. Uh, we've got a review coming out for Wonder Woman 84 on Thursday. You can also get me at the VHS Strikes Back. This week, we thought we'd start the year off strong, uh, which is slightly ironic. We've started off with a horrendous uh, sci-fi B-movie starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, who's a, an 80s wrestling star. Um, <laughs> and it is called Hell Comes to Frogtown. So for your mental health, we've put this up on YouTube as well because uh, no one seems to care about it. And uh, it, it's just a horrendous B-movie from the 80s. So, um, yeah, that, that is just horrendous good fun. In terms of uh, so poking fun at the mental health thing, but uh, I, honestly, watch it. It's horrendous, but funny. So bad it's good. 
I completely echo what you say about the exercise. Actually, I've taken a break. So from about August, I was I was going to the gym uh, four times a week. And even when the, in the lockdown as well, I was making sure that four times a week, that was it. I was out doing stuff. Over the Christmas period, I, I've stopped that, give myself a bit of a break. And you know what? Coming back to work today, I've really noticed it. So eating a bit of, you know, Christmas food and uh, just drinking a bit too much, mm. you do feel down and you do feel a bit sluggish. So I, I'm going to be back on it tomorrow. I, I think that's such good advice. Even if it's just a walk, you know, you don't have to be doing burpees. You just need fresh air. You just need fresh air. You need fresh air and you need to connect with nature. I don't care what yeah. anyone says. You know, that's the best that you can do right now. I just miss going to the gym, you know, on, on New Year's. I, mean, I was a regular gym goer and I just miss going to the gym looking like Miss Principal intimidating the newbies at the gym. <laughs> I just love how, I love how the game was such a shit show. We've turned this into the well-being pod. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> and I think that's something we can do in future whenever the result doesn't go away. Yeah, we'll just talk about anything that we want. Right, guys, I, I hope you enjoy that. And again, once again, a massive thank you to both Sam and Dave. You know, these it's tough getting on this, and so I've got to give them a lot of credit. And again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all you that joined us live. Take care, you know, stay positive, and um, up the reds. Podcast Network.